Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Baller Jr. I hope that you are doing incredibly well today. It's very interesting to me when I look at what's happening in our nation as far as weather is concerned. Please continue to be praying for Texas. It looks like they're coming out of the winter front that they've been facing, but they're going through some incredible challenges, so just be praying for them. And just looking over the rest of the country, seeing how people are going through incredible winter storms, and yet here in California today, it's 78 degrees right now. I, I don't get it. You know, it, it's amazing. I, I think that that's one of the reasons why we do pay the big bucks to live here in Southern California. But sometimes it doesn't always seem fair, does it? We, we live in this moment where we can bask in the beauty of this incredible weather. And if you are, if you are listening to this and you are somewhere else in the United States and you're going through bad weather, right now, and you're jealous of California, I understand. But we also get earthquakes. (laughs) So so there's got to be some way where it balances out in some way or the other. Well, I can tell you now, it does balance out in costs. I mean, we, we pay a ton to live out here where it is that we live. But I, I do want to encourage us, let's continue to be praying for our nation. I'm excited to see that the COVID numbers are doing better. And I think one of the reasons why I'm excited about that is because I think we've announced it. But this coming Sunday, we are launching our outdoor services once again. So I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to be able to, to see everyone, just to be able to shake elbows because we can't shake hands yet because of social distancing. Uh, make sure that if you do come, that you bring a mask and that you bring a chair for you to sit on. But this coming Sunday, 10.30 a.m., we're launching outdoor services. So excited about that. We'd love to have you come out and be able to join us. But again, if you are uncomfortable, we will continue to provide our virtual services for you as well. Just one quick housekeeping thing. If you are listening on our website, thank you for listening. But also want to encourage you, head to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcast, you can most likely find us there. Go ahead and subscribe. That way, when we release new shows or anything like that, you'll get notified of that and be one of the first ones to be able to listen. But we, this Sunday, just ended a series that we've been doing called More. And here's the idea of more. It's looking at when Jesus Christ does more than what is expected. So in week one, we looked at the idea of something being more than a miracle. That yes, he does miracles, but, but, but the miracle that Jesus Christ can do sometimes is is, is the surface thing. There's, there's something usually underneath it that Jesus Christ is, is trying to meet that much more. 
For example, the, the story that we looked at is when Jesus Christ healed a man who was lame. But when his friends brought him or when he was brought before Jesus, Jesus said to him, son, your sins are forgiven. And you're thinking, well, well wait a minute, Jesus. I, I want his sins to be forgiven, but I want the man to walk too. That's why we brought him all here. But what happens is Jesus Christ understands that there is something greater behind it. So he met his greatest need. And what we talked about in looking at that series or in that message is we talked about, let's make it a point to not get our immediate needs confused with our greatest needs. Because sometimes it feels that way. Are our pressing needs confused with our greatest needs? And then the week after that, Stan talked about more than a fishing trip. And here are these guys, they just go on a regular trip throughout their day and they meet Jesus and they find purpose and direction for their lives after an experience that they have with Jesus. And then this week, Daniel spoke and it was called More Than Comfort. And he used a story in Luke chapter, I'm sorry, in Mark chapter four, verses 35 through 41, where Jesus Christ gets on a boat with his disciples and he basically gets into the stern of the boat and falls asleep. And while they're crossing the Sea of Galilee, and where the Sea of Galilee is located, it's in a valley. So winds would come over the mountain ranges and into the sea. And because of the way that it is designed topographically, what would happen is you would get these incredible squalls, these incredible storms that would just come over and boom, in an instant, you, you may find yourself fighting for your life. And so here these guys are, they're with Jesus. They, they come to Jesus and they're like, hey, Jesus, um, we need you to wake up because don't you care that we are about to drown? And then Jesus gets up and he calms the sea. Peace be still, be calm. And everything stops. And it's interesting because I, I've done messages on that passage. I've studied that passage. And when Daniel preached about it on Sunday, one of the things that he did was he brought something different. And that's one of the things we try to do at Encounter is if we do talk about things that are common in Scripture, we try to see if we can find a different angle on it to talk about it so we can be able to see it in a new, refreshing way so that we, be, we can be able to try to get a little bit more depth from it. And Daniel pointed out something in this passage, or a couple things in this passage I'd never even noticed before. So again, Daniel, thank you for that incredible message this Sunday. And if you missed it, I just want to encourage you, please go back. Uh, you can watch it on our website. You can watch it on YouTube. You can watch the replay also on our Facebook page. But I encourage you, go back and watch it. It really is a great message. And it's really great for me to be able to say that. It's always interesting to me because like, I, I like my messages, but it always seems weird to say, hey, go back and watch my message because it is so great. <laughs> so good thing is it's not me this week. We're talking about Daniel. Daniel is the, the youth leader here at our church who spoke last Sunday and just did a wonderful, wonderful job. But with that in mind, I just wanted to touch on a couple of things that he talked about, a couple of things that, that really could be a challenge to us, a couple of things that hopefully, if we really allow ourselves to dig into, can begin to change the way that we look at life, can ultimately begin to change the way 
that we look at life. Now, for those of you that are unfamiliar with the story, I'm going to go ahead and read it to you real quickly. In Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, it says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall, so not just any squall, not just any storm, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. So imagine that, you're on a boat and all of a sudden water starts coming over the edge. And as the water comes over the edge, the boat goes down and lower and lower. So just imagine the stress that this must have been creating. Jesus in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So again, just imagine what's happening in this moment that you are swamped, you are overwhelmed, that you are looking at the impossible. Most importantly, you feel like you gonna die you're going to die. That's, that's what you feel like in that moment, how things are going to be a challenge and how it's going to work out. You know, it makes me think of a story of these two guys that were out in the wilderness and all of a sudden, you know, one of the guy gets bitten on his rear end by a rattlesnake. And so his brother goes into town and he says, he finds a doctor and the doctor says, okay, well, in order to deal with the poison, you are going to have to suck the poison out. So the brother returns to his, the brother returns. And so his brother on the ground looks up and he says to him, so what did the doctor tell you? Did you get any help? And his brother said, you gonna die. <laughs> now I know that there may be elements where I kind of push the envelope a little bit, talking about a guy bitten, getting bitten his rear end on a Christian podcast. I, I know. So forgive me for that if that offended you. But it was kind of funny. <laughs> but imagine that you are the disciples in that moment. And that's what you feel. You feel like you are going to die. Like your, your minutes are numbered. Not, not your days are numbered. Not your hours are numbered. Your minutes are numbered. And you are about to die. You think you're done. And so you go to the master, panic-stricken, asking him to do something. And he does. He stands up and he does something absolutely incredible. Something that you never thought possible. Something that you never saw coming. And now here he stands and he's calmed the storm. He's calmed the storm. 
Now, there were some things that Daniel said on, on Sunday that were really great. And so we're going to hit a few of those. I'm going to share some of my thoughts. And then hopefully this will help you to walk away encouraged as well. But here's one of the things that Daniel said, is he said that in Mark chapter 4, if you go back and if you look at it, there's this moment where Jesus is sitting down and he's talking to the crowd, but he's also talking to the disciples. And as he's talking to them, the first part of, of Mark chapter 4, he's, he's telling the, t the parable or the story, because that's what Jesus did. Jesus used stories and metaphors to get his point across. But he's telling the parable of the sower, which basically is a guy that goes out and he, he sows seed and some of the seed grow up in different conditions. And Jesus relates our spiritual condition to those different conditions. And then not only that, he also tells a story about a lamp on a stand, that the idea is it's supposed to stand out, that it's supposed to be a light, it's supposed to bring light. So he tells that story. And then he tells another story of, of growing seed, the parable of growing seed and how it's like the kingdom of God. And then he also tells another story of the mustard seed and how that is like our faith and the kingdom of God. So he's told all of those stories. And here's the interesting thing that, that happens is now, after he's told all those stories, they get on the boat. After he's told all those stories, they get on the boat. And here's what the first one of the first things that Daniel said that really stood out to me is he said, you know, many times when we look at this idea of a lesson, typically after a lesson, there's a test. There's a test. I mean, think about it in school. One of the elements whenever we are in class is a test. You know, you go through your lecture, you study, you take notes, you read books. But at some point in your class, you're going to have to sit down and bring back what it is that you know. You're going to have to be able to give that information back. That is the test. Which is really interesting because what, what we look at is when we look at Mark chapter 4, we begin to see that those lessons that Jesus was giving were lessons really about faith and how vital faith is. And now they're put on a boat and they're in a situation where now they begin to see how grounded their faith is. Which leads me to this question. Can you really trust a faith that is untested? Let me say that again. Can you really trust a faith that is untested. Because think about anybody that you know that you could look at that person and you could say, man, that person has great faith. Or maybe if you're not a Christian, you can look at a person and say, wow, that person has tremendous confidence. Tremendous confidence. Well, how do you get to that point? And you typically do not develop great faith or great confidence unless you go through great storms. And what those storms will do is those storms will reveal what is lacking in our faith 
so that we can begin to shore it up. Those storms will reveal what is it about the lesson that I didn't understand? What is it about the lesson that I didn't pick up? What is it about the lesson that did not reach the core of my heart? What is it about the lesson that I need to take and implement and apply to my life? What is it about the lesson that, again, has fallen short within me? Storms reveal that. Storms reveal that. That's why I have wondered, and, I, and I've talked about this in the past, where in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, it tells us, rejoice in our sufferings. I mean, think about that. Rejoice in my sufferings? <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> There's a lot of things I'd like to rejoice in. I'd like to rejoice in pizza. Yes. I'd like to rejoice that my Buccaneers are Super Bowl champions. You know I was going to slip that in sometime or rather. I got a whole year to slip that in. <laughs> you know, I, there are some things in life that I'd like to rejoice about. Suffering? Um, I can say that that's probably not on my list. James chapter 1 verse 2 says, count it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds. What? Count it pure joy. Not just somewhat joy, but count it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know, going to verse 3, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And then it says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's what the test reveals. What's lacking. Which now makes sense. Because Jesus turned to the disciples and said what? Oh, you of little faith. So in some, way, in some ways, this storm revealed that their faith was lacking. Now, why would Jesus say that? Why would Jesus say, oh, you of little faith? Well, think about it this way. If I'm on a boat with Jesus, and Jesus is sleeping. Now, mind you, Jesus is the one who created the sun, the earth, the moon, the stars, the oceans. So he would know the gravity of a storm. And when the storm has become so tremendous that there is something to worry about. So the fact that he is on the boat and he is sleeping through this incredible storm shows his confidence. And think about it this way too. If I'm with the creator of the universe on a boat that is rocking, now realize when Jesus got them on the boat, before he got them on the boat, there was something that he said to them. Going again back to chapter 4, verse 35, it says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. 
And this is what Daniel talked about. He talked about the fact that by Jesus saying, let us go over to the other side, meant that we are going to make it to the other side. We're going to make it. No matter what happens on the sea, no matter how bad the storm is, because I've said, let's go to the other side, we will get to the other side. So in virtue, that's why Jesus Christ slept. He knew the situation, he knew the circumstances, he knew where they were going, and he knew the most important thing, they would arrive. So when he says to the disciples, oh, you a little faith, he's reminding them, I've already told you where we're gonna go. I already told you what's gonna happen. I already told you that. This storm is nothing. We will get there. Now, if we were to take that as a metaphor and apply that to our lives right now, I would say that the boat is life with Jesus. He's in the boat with us. It's life with Jesus. And Jesus has told us, because of your faith in me and your trust in me, you will get to the other side. Of course, the other side being eternity with him. We're going to get there. But in the meantime, as we cross the seas, the seas that may bring challenges, the seas that may bring problems, the seas what we have to cross to see to get there. We have to cross the sea to get there. Now, in the process of getting there, there will be storms. But Jesus has already said, you're going to get to the other side. So in this moment, we gained a valuable lesson. We gained a valuable lesson. Trust Jesus to help us get to the other side. This may be why some of our problems exist. I won't say all of our problems, because you know me. I'm not the kind of person who will, you know, broadcast the judgments of God. Like there's something wrong with Texas, so they receive the judgment of God. No, 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 it's just bad weather. But there are times where life happens and problems happen. And so we have an opportunity with our problem. It's for us to be able to dig in and say, Jesus, as I go through this challenge, help me to be able to look through this problem to see how it reveals when my faith is lacking. Help me to be able to see that. And then something else Daniel said that I thought was really great. He said, in those areas in which we are comfortable, God will sometimes make us uncomfortable. Or he put it this way. He said, God will make us uncomfortable in the areas that we are comfortable in. God will make us uncomfortable in the areas that we are comfortable in. I thought, you know what, that, that is so great. Because here's the thing too. Here, here's a challenge. Is when we begin to get comfortable, we stop taking challenges or we, we stop taking risks. You see it in churches all the time. You see it in churches. And, and I really do hope that, that we never get to this point, but I, 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 I've seen it happen where when a church first starts, they're thinking, 
man, we want to reach our city. We want to reach our community. And so their whole mindset is reach, 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 reach. But then the church gets to a point where it gets comfortable. And all of a sudden the emphasis changes to where it's now protect, 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 protect. And so sometimes protection becomes even more important than reaching, than risking, than taking chances to reach what it is that God has called us to reach. And that doesn't just happen in church. Sometimes that happens in our lives. We decide to start a business. And we know that in order for that business to succeed, we have to take risks. And so maybe what we'll do is we'll go to some people and we'll say, well, will you invest in my business? I I put my money in the business as well. And maybe what we'll do is we believe in the business so much that, that maybe we'll max out our credit cards because we want to get this thing off the ground because we believe in it so much. And then somehow that business does find a successful niche and it starts to grow and it starts to develop. And then all of a sudden, what we begin to do is when it gets to that point that we are comfortable, then we begin to take less risks. We begin to stand into protection. We begin to not assess the market that is around us. And what we do is now we put ourselves at risk of loss. I think that that's what happened with Blockbuster. Remember when Blockbuster first started? Remember how many Blockbusters there were? I mean, think about it. Remember how many blockbusters there were? But then what happened is the market of blockbusters started to change. But blockbuster, they had taken the risk. They had stores all over the, not just the nation, but stores all over the world. So blockbuster thought, we are fine. But what happened is Netflix came into existence. Redbox came into existence. People stopped renting movies at, at store locations, at big box locations. And what they started doing is screening or streaming movies. That became more successful. And all of a sudden, now you started to find the situation where Blockbuster never a challenge, never, never adjusted to the challenge. And unfortunately, Blockbuster now only has one store. That's it. Just one store in Bend, Oregon. That's it. It's the only one that exists now. And it's trying to do its best to continue to hold on because now it's become nostalgic in that way. So we could fall into the same thing. We, we, we get comfortable. And then as a result of that comfort, we stop taking risks. I want to say this, and I've said it before, and I will continue to say this. The Christian life was never intended to be comfortable. It was never meant to be comfortable. It was meant to be on the edge. It was meant to change the world. How can you change the world if you're comfortable? Because in order to change the world, you have to take risks. The, the Christian life was meant to be something where we are on the edge, so far on the edge that we have to say, God, if you don't step in, we will fail. We will fail. God, we, we need you. 
We need you. And when we are on the edge, that's when we see miracles happen. When we are on the edge, that's when we see lives change. When we are on the edge, that's when we see our own lives change. It's meant to be lived on the edge. So what happens is sometimes when we get to a place where we become comfortable and we stop taking risks, then God will love us enough to maybe put us in a place that is uncomfortable. Or a challenge will happen and God will reveal, like, wow, this challenge happened because I got comfortable and I stopped fighting and I stopped taking risks. So that was the other thing that Daniel said. Sometimes God will make us uncomfortable in the areas in which we are comfortable. Because the disciples, at least four out of the 12 were fishermen. Were fishermen. That meant, and they fished the Sea of Galilee. They knew what it was like. They knew what it was like. But for this storm to freak them out, because I could imagine, like, if I'm on a boat and I'm with fishermen who fish all the time, and I look over and the fishermen are getting life vests, oh, that's a warning, baby. <laughs> if they're freaking out, I'm going to freak out too. So if I see that, I, I can understand why they would freak out. Because they saw the fishermen freaking out. So that becomes, you know, one of the challenges that we can have sometimes with our lives and the things that we have to work through is when we look to the experts. And when the experts are jumping ship, then we can understand why we'd be tempted to do the same thing. So they were, they were in, on this sea that they're comfortable fishing. And all of a sudden now they're in a position where they're uncomfortable. But again, it goes back to being reminded. Jesus said that we're going to get to the other side. So we just have to trust that. We just have to trust that. So maybe look at your life right now. Are there challenges that you're facing where you find yourself uncomfortable? And then finally, the thing that Daniel said that I love is God is in control, but we have a role. God is in control, but we have a role. So in this boat... Jesus Christ was in control. So what was their role? To remember, trust, depend, and push forward. That was their role. Maybe sometimes your role is obedience. Maybe there's an act of obedience that you need to do. Maybe there's an act of confession that you need to make. Maybe there is a step of faith that you need to take. Maybe there's a commitment that you need to make or a commitment that you need to keep, a promise that you need to keep. But, but there's some step in your life that you need to take. And sometimes we are hesitant to take those steps when we don't trust ultimately that God is in control. Or I've seen it this way to where we try to take control of everything because we don't think God is in control or we're so paralyzed by fear that we don't do anything because we don't think God is in control. Or the other part of that is this. We know that God is in control, 
but we begin to either misplace our role where we step into his role or we don't follow through on our part. For example, God offers us salvation, but we still need to do the work of change. Like he's changed us. Salvation, if we've made a commitment in our relationship with Jesus Christ, salvation is a guarantee. We, we got it. We are in. We are going to the other side. But there are some things in us that we still need to continue to take steps and to work on for us to be able to grow. There's still some steps of faith that we need to take. So yes, God is in control, but you have a role. God is in control. I'm praying for a job, but you have a role. You need to fill out an application. <laughs> God is in control. I'm praying for my health, but you might need to change your eating habits. God is in control. So of our finances, right? God is in control of our finances, but you might need to learn how to manage a budget. So God is in control, but we have a role. Figure out that role and also figure out where is God in control. Figure out your role and figure out where God is in control. Sometimes you can know where our role is and where God's control is by just looking at the first word of the questions that we ask. For example, if we ask questions like, why? There's an area that means that's where God is in control because you can't control that. Usually we ask why because something happened that's outside of our control. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it is wrong to ask why. God welcomes our questions of why, but that's an area of control. Now, when you ask what, that's a role question. That's a role question. When you ask how, that is a control question. That's a control question. When can be could flow either way. When will something happen could be a control question. When will something happen can be a role question. Sometimes God may not release his control until we act and do what it is that we need to do. Maybe there's some growth that we need to take. But I did. I really enjoyed Daniel's message last Sunday. And I really do hope that this encourages you as well. So again, just a quick reminder, life has its lessons, but we will have tests. Life has its lessons, but we will have tests. The other thing, God will make us uncomfortable in the areas in which we are comfortable. And then also finally, God is in control, but we have a role. I really do hope that this has been an encouragement to you. I'm excited because as we kick off starting our our services outdoors as we kick that off this Sunday we're also kicking off a brand new series called how to be the goat how to be the goat not a goat I'm talking about the goat one of the talks right now has been Tom Brady is he the greatest football player of all time is he the greatest I mean he's won seven Super Bowls that's more than some teams have won and he's taken two teams to the Super Bowl and have won with both teams. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. So I'm just hoping he doesn't try to take three teams to the Super Bowl and leaves my Buccaneers. <laughs> I need a new challenge. No, you don't. You need to take the Buccaneers to another Super Bowl, buddy. <laughs> but that's one of the talks. Is Tom Brady the greatest of all time? 
And so I started thinking like, well, what, is that, what would that look like in my life? Like, how can I be the greatest dad of all time or the greatest, uh, the greatest father of all time, the greatest husband of all time, the greatest pastor of all time? Now, when I say the greatest pastor of all time, I'm not comparing myself with other pastors, but I'm just talking about it in utilizing my gifts, my talents to be the best pastor that I could be, to be the greatest pastor of all time. Like I started looking at my roles in my life and what would it look like for us to be able to achieve that? So that's what we're going to do with this series. So I hope that you will join us on Sunday. If not, then I hope that you will join us on our live stream. Either way, we hope to see you there. But again, thank you so much for joining us. So glad you are here. Just a final reminder that encounters about three things, love up, Let's love God with all that we have. Just take a simple step to love God more today than you did yesterday. Love out. What is one way that you could love your fellow man? And then love in. How are you growing? How are you developing? How are you becoming a better you? Well, thank you so much. God bless you. And we'll see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us. And we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.